Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to Dr. J's Path to Success podcast, Dr. James Fetish is a successful practice owner, best-selling author, and speaker. Listen in as he shares his secrets to a successful business and a successful life. So now, here's Dr. J. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. This time, we're going to talk about systematize, 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 systematize. So we talked a little bit about this before, making systems in your business, but we're going to talk a little bit more about this today. It'll be a little bit short podcast, probably. Talk a little bit about different systems in your business. So the average McDonald's out there, you know, there, uh, ranges in reports, but they collect between two and three million dollars per store. And there's definitely more profitable ones, but the average range between two and three million dollars. So two and a half million, let's just say, is the average McDonald's store. So who's uh, running the average McDonald's store? Who's in there when you go to McDonald's? And hopefully, you know, I know a lot of my listeners, are chiropractors and physical therapists and massage therapists. A lot of you guys probably aren't going to McDonald's. But you've all been in a McDonald's or you understand a McDonald's. And who's in there when you go in there to order something? Who's working behind there? It's all 16, 17-year-old kids back there, right? And then the average chiropractor, I know you know it's not everybody's not a chiropractor to listen to it, but it's a good example. The average chiropractor clinics between three, three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars per year uh, in collections. So how does a McDonald's average two and a half million per year? run by 17 year olds and how does a chiropractic clinic someone went to school for eight years seven eight years collect three to four hundred thousand dollars so i'd hope everybody listens to this podcast i mean if you're go-getter enough to listen to a podcast and a business and marketing type podcast like this like you're obviously above average intelligence and if you're a chiropractor like a lot of my listeners or pt or any advanced degrees you know most of my listeners do have some sort of advanced uh, degree beyond a bachelor's or some sort of special training so if you have some sort of special training and you're go-getter enough to be listening to this podcast i hope that you're a lot more intelligent than the average 16 17 year old working at mcdonald's so why is a mcdonald's collecting two and a half million and the average office out there is collecting th- you know three hundred fifty thousand? so you're going to say you know national brand and all that kind of stuff and that's certainly true that's a lot of the dollar truth. But do you see an owner in the McDonald's running around stressed out? I mean, I know people that own McDonald's. I mean, they don't they don't hardly do anything. A close friend of mine owns uh, 20-something Dunkin' Donuts. And uh, literally, like, you know, you might have meetings here or there, but they have, you know, store managers. They have, you know, uh, multi-store managers. So they spend a lot of time checking in on the cameras and reading reports. They're not in there putting out fires all the time, right? Because they have systems in place. And that's really the answer why McDonald's can do $2.5 million with an a staff of 16-year-olds and you with a doctorate or master's or whatever kind of degree or any kind of degree, you know, as a grown-up with your own business, aren't collecting that much. A lot of it's the systems. Yes, the national brand, of course, is part of it. But even that national branding, if that place wasn't systemized and running properly, there's no way they'd be able to do those kind of numbers without a really in-place system. So we're going to talk a little about this in your business. So a lot of a lot of doctors, especially, and, and anybody all across the board, they want to hire a manager. And I just had this kind of talk with a coaching client last this week, actually, um, talking about this. So one of the first things, and I, I did the same mistake, and even though one of my mentors kind of told me the same thing, I'm going to tell you, um, but not to do that. But when you're, you know, if you're doing the average office, it's my client or listening, you know, if you're under a million dollars, you don't need an office manager in any kind of business. And, uh, you know, people aren't going to like to hear that, but, you know, how businesses aren't doing that much and they're paying office managers, you know, $70,000 a year in benefits and 80,000 a year in benefits and packages and bonuses. The office is collecting 400,000. You can't pay a fifth of your 
your gross income to an office manager, just business-wise. And number two, you just don't need it. So one of the reasons why we feel you need that is we want to offload a lot of this day-to-day stuff for you. But the key answer here is having systems in the in the business or the practice. It's not about having a manager. A lot of times that makes it more complicated. And I, I made the same mistake. So then you get you know, the manager supposed to be handling the issues you were handling. They're, they're not handling up the standards and you have infighting between the manager and the staff and then they, that comes to you and it actually just creates a bigger problem for a lot of offices. So that's typically not the answer. I mean, almost most of you listen to this practice, we don't need an office manager. We don't have a real office manager. We're going to be, you know, we're over 2 million a year and we don't have an office manager for our place really. You know, we have uh, front desk coordinators and that kind of thing. We'll talk a little bit about that today. It's going to be more into the scope of, the, of this uh, podcast than just we can get through today. But so you really don't need an office manager. There's a couple things there. You need to handle the big issues as a business owner. There's two things as a business owner you can never give up. And it's two of the things we want to give up, which is a shame, and which is one of the things I work with people. So you can't give up the marketing 100%. Uh, now, you know, my clients, we have an internet marketing company that does the, the implementation for us, but you still need to be behind there, seeing what's going on, reviewing the ads, being kind of the mastermind behind it. And we do have the internet marketing company implementing it for, you know, direct mail. Do I want you looking with licking postage stamps? Of course I don't. But, you know, for us, like, you know, basically we just do a really neat direct mail campaign, pretty advanced stuff. Um, but, you know, we bought, we had a list analyzed and bought a list and uh, I developed the strategy of how I want it mailed and so that we're farming the area and getting people a mailer every couple months and I helped design the piece. But I have a company that took my list that I bought from a different company. It was my idea for the list. They're implementing my ideas for the mailer, and they're going to actually do the mailing every month. So I'm hands off it right there. But be, you know, I'm the kind of the mastermind beyond the project. But now I have some implementation help, and that's the way you got to do. It. So you got to always be behind the marketing. Yeah, same. We're doing a patient appreciation day. You know, I was the one who helped book. We're getting a celebrity guest. I booked a celebrity, but you know, I let somebody else call the restaurant and get the food in and, and design the Vistaprint posters. And you know, maybe I look over and proofread them quick. Yeah, let's see what they look like. All right, it looks good. Or let's change this real quick. You know, so you still got to be behind the marketing at all times. That's not what this podcast is about either. But number two, you got to be managing at all times. So people want to delegate the managing and the marketing. It's kind of the first two things you want to delegate. You know, a lot of my listeners here, you guys are providers, chiropractors, PTs, acupuncture, et cetera. And we want to delegate the marketing and the management and still be treating people. But that's actually backwards. You should be never delegating marketing all the way. You always got to be behind it. It's good. You can, you can you know, minimize the details and get somebody else to do that. And you're doing the big picture stuff. But you got to always keep that big picture. And you always got to keep your ears in it. And management, you always got to keep your eyes in that as well. Um, so a lot of times you want to delegate that and treat more. And that's the opposite of what we should be doing. You need to really treat less and be doing marketing and managing more. And that's Michael Gerber's. Don't be the doer of your business. You know, be the, the marketer and the owner of the running of the business, not the doer. And that's a big mistake a lot of us make. Um, so managing, we're going to stick back to that. And marketing, that might be a whole other episode we'll talk about. But managing the staff clients. So, you know, in the end of the day, they want to come to the owner. When you put a middleman in there, you're going to run into issues there. And a lot of times you run into infighting issues. So, you know, I had self-promoted somebody. I thought she had the potential to do it. And after 12, 13 years, it was time to try it out. And we were getting up in the collections level where you can justify, you know, the increased salary. But I'll tell you, the whole thing backfired. And you just get, you know, they're trying to control the issues. They end up making them bigger. The other staff resent them and it ends up creating much more problems. So I did that uh, for one. Definitely not a good idea. So how do we kind of avoid all this? So one, we got to systematize things so things don't come up a lot. You know, I know I have clients and friends and stuff that are just running around putting out little fires all day. So we got to avoid that. So how are we going to do that? We have to have systems for everything in your business. So you got to spend a lot, a lot of time on this. 
But we're going to start off real simple. And again, this it's not really for a podcast episode. It's really like a whole training we'd have to do. It's something we do at a mastermind weekend with me or something like that. But um, so first things first, the easy thing you can get out of this podcast is a daily checklist. If I take one thing away that's going to just change your practice or change your business, I don't. and this applies to any business, you know, if you fly an airplane across the overseas, you know, pilots to, or anywhere, you pilots have flown 10,000, 100,000 flights. It doesn't matter how many flights they've done. They always fill out a pre-flight checklist and they have, pilots have more checklists. I and mean, if you don't know a pilot or never seen this stuff, it's unbelievable. Checklist upon checklist upon checklist. But, you know, do you want that pilot? He's done it a thousand times. The one time he forgets to turn the oxygen on or turn on an engine or something like that right so everything's systematized and checklist so that's the first thing i'd have you do in your business you need to checklist everything um so well not everything everybody needs a checklist in your business no matter what they're doing so front desk checklist um you know providers my doctors have checklists these are daily checklists for the doctors daily checklists for the therapists the acupuncturist everybody needs a daily checklist so we're going to sit in the first time this is a bit of work for you because you're going to have to help them out with this um, but you know what we've done now with the office is a, it was, they kind of have a template and we've we've shifted the onus onto the staff so yes in the beginning it's a lot of work not a lot of work everybody it's a one-page checklist um, and if you're a coaching member they're in the member section go in there and download some of mine and it's going to save you a lot of trouble in there um, but if not you'll go through what is it what is important to do and it's got to be you know it's not step by step but it's pretty close turn on the lights turn on the computers check the answering machine for front desk um just start the hot pack machine turn this on turn that on it's a little checklist that little stuff they need to get done and it's a big stuff as well and then we have some blank lines for things you know i like to have a couple things doc this is what a major issue that happened today so you know i'm not in the office a lot you know today's a work day and i'm golfing for the day i won't be in at all today but everyone will have a checklist in my work box and I'm working tomorrow for a couple hours in the morning and I'll see their checklist. All right, oh, some patient's upset or, you know, there's a billing issue, we got a court, whatever it is, you know, personal injury attorney call, this, that, and the other thing. So that'll be on the checklist, major issue you need to know about today. And then everybody's else a little different, but there'll be a couple lines for things like that. And then we'll go through a daily checklist and everybody has it. My marketing coordinator, my billing person, my staff, all my staff and all my uh, doctors as well. Everybody has a checklist and it goes in my box. If I'm not in for a week, I expect a week's worth of checklist. And if they're doing a good job, they're going to, um, it's going to help you too. So I'll see little things in there that I need to know about. Oh, it looks, you know, the billing person, hey, we're having trouble with Medicare, like, th- you know, a couple of days or we, this or, attorney's not paying or, you know, the doctor's having trouble with a patient or some patient quit or they're mad or whatever. So it is actually very helpful running the business. So everybody needs a checklist. The first time through, if you're not a coaching client, you're going to have to design these up. I'd have some sort of general template and you're going to have to spend some time the first time through. I'm not going to lie to you going through these. So, but you just need it for the major position. So the average office is a lot smaller than mine, but we all will kind of have a front desk checklist. Um, and then they start personalizing. So, you know, for us, the front desk, we have two or three people at the front desk at all times because we're busy, but they're, they're going to use the same checklist, right? Front desk coordinator. Uh, so we'll make a front desk checklist. Then we have a back office therapy. And I typically have three staff in the therapy department, poking people up on stem and hot packs and running them on the tables and that kind of stuff. So they'll have a checklist and then chiropractor checklist, PT and acupuncture. So, you know, you, you guys probably don't have that many spots, but the three therapy people can use the same checklist. But then once you give it to them, you know, I put the onus on them. I said, this is the basic checklist because what will happen is in five, six months, they're going to stop doing it. And they're going to say, well, I don't do this anymore. This job's changed. They're going to say things have changed and they're not going to do it anymore. So what we, I kind of got tired of that game with everybody. So what I've said is it's your responsibility. Here's your basic checklist. Things change. You have different job duties. These job duties aren't yours anymore. They switch around. It's your job to keep your checklist updated. So you, you put the onus on them and they'll take, they'll take it and run with it. You know, you have all staff at all levels and, and they, they, they take it and run. Now, once in a while, are they going to slip up and stop doing checklists? Of course they are. And, um, you know, it, it's an issue. And so basically what we've done, and I've never actually done it, you just kind of, um, you know, we have a, a pretty good bonus system. And if you're a client, coaching client, you probably know our bonus system. If not, email me. We'll talk about it. 
Uh, but, um, you know, if we, we do a pretty nice bonus system, so on top of their pay, everybody's on a bonus. And that's another staff motivation thing. There's a bonus system for everybody, and they're all a little different based on your position. But, um, you know, you, you should have a bonus system. And, you know, what I'll say is, listen, if I don't get a checklist, there's no bonus this month. You know, I want a checklist every day. And they usually get back in shape. So once in a while, they'll kind of slip, and it's a little thing. But mostly they're pretty good if you keep on it. And just as I said, once in a while, do that. So that's the first and easiest thing. You don't need, this isn't going to take you a lot of time to do a checklist. Um, get a ch- every position in your clinic needs a checklist or a big in your business. And I don't care if you own a coffee shop or you own a yoga studio, you own a McDonald's, McDonald's already does it. Whatever business you own, it doesn't even matter. And if it's just you, do a checklist, right? It doesn't matter. Every business, every position needs a daily checklist. You know, if pilots do it across the, flying across the Atlantic, you can do it for running your day-to-day business. And, you know, if it's just you, do a checklist and, and look at it at the end of the day and throw it out. Make sure you're getting the important things done. So everybody needs a checklist. So that's the easy, mental thing you can do today. Now, further systematizing your business, there's a lot more to it. Um, you know, uh, office manual is super, super important. So you know, we have an off, we have a couple things. So there's going to be, you need a policy manual. Um, you definitely need a policy manual for sure. Um, if you are a coaching client that is included in your membership, email me and I will give you our office manual. I had an HR company come in, a professional company, and make sure we're compliant with the laws and literally wrote us a policy manual from scratch. Um, so this, these are things, sick leave, pay time off, uh, bereavement policy, sexual harassment policy, all that stuff that you need in a clinic. You got to have one of these. Most of you can buy one of these. Um, again, if you're a coaching member, I'll give you ours and it's included in our system. Um, we're going to give that away to you as, as part of the system. Uh, but um, And you can just change it for yourself. And we spent quite a bit of money having a company. I'd actually written it myself. I had some samples. Spent a lot of time myself. Then I hired a professional to kind of update it and put in stuff we're in, merge with what I had. And it was money well spent. Um, but again, if you're a coaching member, that is included. Just email me. It, it, we do not keep it in the member site for some reasons. We don't want it shared. Uh, but anyway, so um, you should have an office manual first, you know, office policy manual. That's policy, you know, paid time off, that kind of stuff. That's called policy. But then you also need like a, a system manual, which we'll have too. So we, we basically flow charted out everything in the clinic. Um, this is how you put it on stim on a patient. You hit this button, you hit this button, and you flow chart it out to every little thing they do. Setting up decompression patients. This is how to bill a claim. This is how to fu- write a note. This is how to do. We have a basically a flow chart of everything like that. So people say, I don't know how to hook up stim. I don't know how to do this. There's a flow chart. You got a new new employee. Here's your flow chart. So that that's high level stuff. We're not going to get into that right now in the podcast, like I said. But you can do a checklist. But you got to have more systems. So checklist, office policy manual, office. You know, a procedure manual, I'd call it a thing. I think that's what we call it, a procedure manual. That's a big long-term project, but you can get it done. You know, I basically divided it up with, with staff and had them spend time doing it. I didn't spend time doing it all myself. I said, you know, this is the four or five things in your position we want, how to do the stim, how to do the hop how to do ultrasound. You know, flow chart those things out. And we did that a while back. Here's how to answer the phones properly. Here's how to order supplies. Um, all that little stuff should be flow charted out. I found that's the easiest way to do it. We typed it up. Flow chart's nice and easy, simple to understand for everybody. So... Simple, simple steps for you. This is a lot. There's a lot to systemize your business. You really would need some help and some more reference materials and all that. And for coaching members, we're, we're here to help you with that. Um, but otherwise, doing a checklist is going to free you up tremendously. You know, I'm out and nothing happens when I'm out anymore. You know, I remember you'd be off for a day or you'd be like, today I'm golf not coming in. There'd be phone calls, text, emails, what's going on, all sorts of issues. And with the systems and checklists, they know what needs to get done. And then you empower them to solve the small problems. You know, you let them just solve the small problems and they will do it. If you're hiring well uh, and you're doing a good job hiring good people, um, you know, they're going to handle the small problems. And then ultimately, you need to do the big problems. So instead of having an office manager handle all these little problems for them, if you empower your staff through good systems, having good people and giving them the power, to, they will solve the small problems. You won't have these little, little fires, which an office manager sometimes is putting out. 
But a lot of times they're throwing gasoline on those little fires and making them worse, which is why I don't necessarily like that for most of my clients. So, you know, the, the little fires, yeah, you shouldn't be putting those out as a business owner. But if you empower your staff properly with proper systems, checklists, procedures, and giving them the power to solve the small problems, all those little fires are going to go away. Now, are you still going to need to do the big fires? Yes. That's always going to be in the owner. And even if you have an officer, stuff's going to eventually come back to you either. You know, we had an employee theft. Like, that's never going to be an office manager's job. You know, the police were involved in all that. That's not, you're not going to be able to ever put that off as an office manager. And the, the police don't want to talk to office manager, right? Picking out the new health insurance. You know, we just changed the health insurance plan. Our premium has skyrocketed. The benefits got worse. So I sat down and I brought in a staff member to help me with that. Actually, my billing person, because she knows a lot about insurance and stuff. And we sat down and picked out the insurance plan. But ultimately, that's got to fall on your plate. I mean, you can't change your whole staff's insurance and to just say, you know, the officer to pick that new plan, like you're the owner, you have to do that big stuff. So that's more your job as the owner. Like the small little fires you shouldn't be putting out. If you have the systems right and empower them, they're going to put them out. And then the big fires are your responsibility. So there's a lot, there's a lot to systematizing any kind of business. There's some key stuff here. Um, you know, the big, the, the thing everybody should do, listen to this, is do a checklist for every position in your, in your business, no matter what it is. They all need a checklist, a daily checklist. So develop that for every position. That'll be a huge game changer in and of itself. That'll really free you up uh, to get out of the clinic and to make sure things are being done and not bother them. And they like it. It's a way to keep them on track and they can let you know about issues and not come bother you in your office too. It's going to cut down on trips running into you. Hey, doc. Hey, doc. Hey, doc. You know, it's on the checklist, right on the checklist. Oh, this person called whatever. I also have like my notes, or not my notes, my uh, messages there. Hey, call this guy back or so-and-so wants a meeting, blah, blah, blah. That's on there as well. So they're not bothering me every 20 minutes with that. Um, so anyway, so do a checklist for your clinic or office or business, whatever you're doing, that'll help free you up tremendously. Everybody needs a daily checklist. You can further systematize. I mean, step two would be to have an office policy manual. You can buy those or, again, I'll email you mine. If you're a coaching client, email me. I'll email you ours. That's part of your membership. Otherwise, there's companies that do that. It will be a little bit expensive. I think we four or $5,000 to have ours done. Uh, well worth it. You know, I can avoid those lawsuits and, and all sorts of issues in there that I can help you solve. But um, that office policy manual has got to be done. I mean, you really kind of need that nowadays. And then an office procedure manual. So those those could take a long time. Um, I wouldn't even suggest writing a policy manual yourself. You're going to put something in there. It might end up getting yourself in more trouble. I mean, the point of that is to kind of keep you out of trouble. Um, so there's companies out there. There's other pre... We don't sell ours separately from membership, but there's other companies that do do that, I believe. Or just there are HR companies you can hire to do it your own. And if you're a big bigger office, I definitely recommend doing a custom. Again, I'll email yours. You can you can update it for yourself, um, but uh, that'd be a good idea for you to do as well. And then a procedure manual is next. So that, that might be a longer-term project, but again, you can get that done. Get everyone here. Here's the 10, 15 jobs that are your core competencies that you do for the clinic and flow chart it out for me. You can hand draw it. We have, we did it on, uh, my one billing person was really good with doing the flow charts. I think she just did it through Word or Excel. She, uh, I know she helped a lot of the other staff and I wasn't really super involved. They would bring it up to me and I'd say, it looks good and we'd put it in the book. Um, but she did an excellent job with the flow charting. It looks really nice. That seems to be a much cleaner, easier way than doing it. We used to write it out step by step. So anyways, you need to systematize your practice or your business. These are some easy ways. There's a lot to this, but st- you know, if you just ignore everything else, just do a checklist for every job in your office. They have a daily checklist. It's going to take a lot of stress off you, take stress off them, and make everyone a lot happier. So you got to systematize your practice so that you have more freedom. You know, me at over $2 million, I have, I have 10 times the freedom I had when I was doing $400,000. You know, I can kind of really come and go any day I want. If I just if it's a nice day, and it's, the other day, it was a day I've, I've been out a lot golfing and goofing off this summer. It was just a really nice in New Jersey. We had a really rainy summer this year. It's a lot of rain. It was like raining like four days a week the whole summer. So it was a lot of nice days. 
course, like mostly weekends it rains, right? So whatever, it was like a nice afternoon. And, you know, I, I took off some time to go home in the pool, take the kids on the boat and stuff like that. And it was just like last Thursday. And the, I think the other day I was, and I had patient hours. I was no planning on leaving or anything, but it was nice out. And just my front desk corner goes, Doc, you leaving today? Like, what time are you leaving? Should I block you off? Like, just assuming it's nice out in, doc, in summer and Doc's leaving, you know? So that's a pretty nice thing to have uh, have going on. And things would run well whether I was there or not, you know? So it's great. But you got to systematize it. The efforts will pay off. I know this might be a lot for a lot of you, and it's too much. You're just doing a podcast. You need some individual attention on something like this. But if you, you can do a checklist, you can do that on your own. You don't need an HR company. You don't need me if you're not a client. It's no problem. You can do a checklist. If you do a daily checklist for every position, it will change your practice, change your business, change your life. So do that. Delve into more of this. You know, that was just, I know, maybe a lot. Drinking out of fire hose there. A lot of other little stuff you can do. And I'd only tip the iceberg. There's more to that systematizing it. But the freedom's unbelievable. I can come and go as I want. I can not come in tomorrow. I can come in tomorrow. Really, things don't change a whole lot, um, whether I'm there or not. You know, it's just to keep an eye on things and, and do some stuff. But hope this helps out. Hope you systematize your practice and help you grow. Give you more time off. You know, a lot of people think that my system's just about making more money. It's not. You know, my my protocol is, you know, I take off like two days a week and, and we're doing $2 million a year. It's not working nine to seven and the other days I walk out of the office at six and I take a two and a half hour lunch to go to the gym so I work less than most offices doing you know a fourth of what we do so it's not just about making more money it's about making more money having time off and having freedom you know I really have the freedom to come and go as I please after 14 years uh, of practice so if you systematize it you have the ability to do that so I hope this helps do the daily checklist I know there's a lot of other stuff you might feel like it's a little too much information if your client email me will help you out further and I uh, hope this works out well for you have a great day everybody Thanks for listening to Dr. J's Path to Success podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. For information, please visit drjamesfetish.com. Dr. James R. Fetish Clinic Director at Village Family Clinic. His book, Secrets of a Million Dollar Clinic, is available on Amazon and online at hackettstownfamilyclinic.com or drjamesfetish.com, www.dr. J-A-M-E-S-F-E-D-I-C-H dot com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.